Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Parent Playing Video Games podcast. On today's episode we're going to be looking at Donkey Kong Country. Yep, a classic Donkey Kong game um, and introducing many different characters in the Donkey Kong series uh, and I think really, really skyrocketing Donkey Kong excuse me, is a, uh, a solid character in the Nintendo universe. Uh, we're going to be going through, as always, the gameplay, the music, the time commitment, and Arc Kittable. We'll be concluding it with a rating, which, uh, spoiler alert, it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's uh, definitely one of my, uh, probably one of my favorite Donkey Kong uh, games. Uh, never really played too much of the original, but more on the Donkey Kong Country side of things. So, uh, the music at the beginning there you heard was the main theme. Uh, always thought it was really cool. Um, if you actually watch uh, a YouTube video of the theme, or if you actually watch the intro, it actually shows uh, one of the characters, Cranky Kong, which we'll talk about later. He's actually playing a, uh, I think it's a phonograph, and he's cranking it, and he's playing the more 8-bitty sound music. Um, and then uh, Donkey Kong himself jumps out from the sky and lands next to him, blows him away, and he's got a big boom box on, he's all cool, and that's when the song kicks into sort of high gear and gets really good, so... I'm going to be starting off with, of course, what I've been playing. Um, uh, on the previous episode, I had been talking that I'd started uh, uh, Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance. Um, I was actually thinking about doing that one as episode four, but you know, I was chatting with a few people and kind of agreed that you know maybe um, maybe we'll do that one a little bit later, give it a little bit of a break, because I don't want to have three Castlevania episodes in a row. That's six weeks of Castlevania, kind of, uh, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I finished that one. It, um, it was okay. The, again, I had a hard time, the, the controls on it were all floaty and weird, and I mean, it was fine, um, it didn't feel too challenging, um, as I said, I'm probably going to do an episode on it, we'll get into more detail then, but I mean, I pretty much, 100% of the game, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, let's call it 99.5% of the game, all on my own, which, as awesome as that is, it really wasn't that much of a challenge to do so, um, so, yeah, as I said, we'll get into it, it, it was fine. It's good, it's good, it's okay. Um, and then uh, I, I pretty much jumped straight into uh, Aria of Sorrow, that third uh, Castlevania advanced game. And that one immediately I uh, I felt much happier with it. It was similar to, it was almost kind of a mix between Circle of the Moon and Symphony of the Night controls. It was kind of, um, it, it was tight, but also um, not stiff. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, Castlevania Circle of the Moon was fairly stiff, um, where Symphony of the Night is... Um, it, it, they're very good controls so this is yeah more on that symphony night sort of thing and really enjoying that game and uh i don't even know where i'm about in that one but uh yeah i'm enjoying it and then um it was funny actually i was uh i think i got an email or i was poking around on the playstation something like that and i saw that um diablo 2 resurrected was on sale and i i've been interested in this game pretty much since it came out and i think that was back in 2001 or two years ago now and yeah i was interested in the game but i never really um i guess you know pulled the trigger so to speak on it and purchased it uh, i decided to and then i actually realized um for four dollars more it was not just diablo 2 resurrected but it was that as well as all of diablo 3 and i think some maybe some dlc i'm not too sure um, and again, Diablo 3 is a game that I've been, I always liked playing on my PC, and I actually had it on my Xbox One, I think is what it is, which is not hooked up, um, and uh, I really enjoyed playing that on console, and I just never really bought it again, I mean, you know, time and other games come in, so I uh, picked that up and started playing it, and I'm going through that. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm following a little leveling guide. It's been a long time since I played Diablo 2, and I yeah, I kind of just want to get it right, <laughs> so to speak. I um, am playing at Amazon with the uh, Javelins. Uh, I think it comes to a uh, Javazon. So that's, I mean, again, that's classic. That's fun. That's something that I'm going to pick up and play just when I have some time. Um, and, uh, you know, I just want to play something, you know, cozy and familiar and kind of grindy, you know, put on some music, put on a podcast, something like that. Um, and then also, uh, I started, uh, 
I started playing Hogwarts Legacy again. Um, I'd, I'd played that quite some time ago, but my wife got really, really interested into it, so I decided to... She was kind of playing it, and I let her play, and she continued on, so we picked it up, and she was helping me a little with it last night, and it had been a while, but um, that game is really quite good. I mean, the uh, graphics are insane. I'm not a huge graphics guy, but man, it really immerses you in the environment, so um, yeah, I'm probably looking to play that some more this week. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And then... This is something I never would have thought that I would ever talk about in general or on the podcast or anything like that. Uh, but I downloaded this game on my phone, my iPhone, called Puzzle Page. And uh, I mean, if you're into kind of classic newspaper or book puzzles like Sudoku, crosswords, things like that, word searches, this is honestly fantastic. I know that sounds really weird, but it is, uh, it's a lot of fun to play. Um, there's no kind of forced ads. Like, you know, when you beat a level, you have to watch an ad or two. Those are annoying, right? Um, this one, there is a currency in it. I I think I've played upwards of 30 puzzles and I've not had to buy any currency. And I, I looked at my battery life usage this morning and I think I had put it, I think I played it like three hours last night. <laughs> I was just on the couch while we were watching TV playing and it was tons of fun. My wife was helping me with some crosswords. I actually put it on the screen at work today at lunch and I got a bunch of the guys helping me. It was a fun time. So um, yeah, as I said, right now, really good. I don't know, you know, if and when I'll hit a paywall. Uh, I'm sure at some point I will. But I mean, even then I looked at it, it, it wasn't overly expensive to uh, continue playing but hey we'll see we'll see how things go so um yeah i guess i've been playing quite a lot of stuff <laughs> kind of bouncing around things um yeah so i guess uh I, I feel like this week i'd like to probably continue with harry potter do a little bit more on that and then maybe some diablo 2 at castlevania aria of sora i think i'm probably gonna that one's probably gonna go on the back burner for a little bit um if i take my switch into work i'll probably play it there because you know switch easy that kind of stuff so yeah, that is what I have been playing. Um, I guess uh, played a little bit more than I uh, had thought of. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun playing all the different games, especially Diablo 2, that some really good memories with that. Let's talk about our main event, Donkey Kong Country. Uh, it was released way back in 1994, uh, November of 1994 in North America. Uh, and I believe around the same time or around the same time in Japan, it was uh, pretty consistent. Unusual for back then, for sure. Um, so this is really my first experience with Donkey Kong, um, not just in the country, but just in general. Um, I never played um, Donkey Kong, the arcade game. I was never really a big arcade gamer. I mean, I'd rather just play at home <laughs> rather than popping quarters into the uh, arcade machines and whatnot um but yeah i never really got into uh, the original donkey kong um and then from my memory and my knowledge i don't believe he was really um shown again like donkey kong was not really brought around again until this game um so uh yeah it was i guess the uh, first uh i guess uh solo game for donkey kong as in the donkey kong arcade game you're you don't play donkey kong of course you play mario and you want to rescue paulina from the big angry ape um but uh yeah the the cool thing with this as well that i actually looked up and i had to double check i couldn't remember how it was but they the graphics in the game are quite unique in that the uh worlds are 2d but all the sprites your characters and the enemies they're all actually 3d polygon sprites which is crazy to think of of course because you know it's a super nintendo game having uh, 3d sprites in the game is super weird especially when you look at uh, a game like Star Fox, which was 3d you know you're flying your ship from behind but the uh, polygon count was uh, low <laughs> to say the least and the frame rate of course now especially uh, people uh, are quite obsessed with frame rate i'll be honest i do like a game running at that 60 fps if it dips down it's uh is a bummer but um yeah when you look at star fox you're looking at brutally slow frames uh donkey kong country was buttery smooth uh again the whole whole thing wasn't in 3d but those pre-rendered backgrounds are beautiful especially in the first area it's a beautiful lush forest um it looks very there's a lot of depth to it kind of thing they did a really really good job at kind of you know creating those images so the um story of donkey kong country is um <laughs> honestly it's i think a better story than even mario i mean mario of course is not the most amazing story but i think it's a really funny story there is a character named king k rule i believe is uh, a crocodile 
yes, a crocodile, not an alligator, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he steals Donkey's banana hoard. That's it. Just his giant stash of bananas. It's it's a ridiculous story, but I mean, it gives really good motive. You know, Donkey's upset. He wants to get his bananas back. So he and his little brother Diddy, they team up to go all the way through to fight King K. Rule to get his bananas back. So one cool thing that I found as well is in, in the first level, um, when you come out, you kind of, you know, barrel out of Donkey's house. And he kind of lives up somewhat high at the treetop level and there's little kind of almost stairs that you can jump up to get back in if you want and you actually get an extra life in there um but when you do that and you go down you can go under the house and it's a cave and that's where his banana hoard is it'll i think it says donkey's banana hoard and it's funny because when you go in there and it's not there he gets so mad he pounds the ground some sad music plays and it's kind of like well yeah he's upset he wants his bananas it's as simple as that um, I don't know why King K. Rule stole the bananas, but, you know, here we are kind of thing. So, so yeah, as I said, Donkey, you know, bashes out of his house, super mad, wants to get his bananas back. Uh, now, this game, as I said, that, that's the extent of the story kind of thing. Um, the way the game plays is, again, classic 2D side-scroller, left, right, up, down, all that fun stuff. Um, so you, again, initially start off as Donkey, but very, very quickly into that first level, you'll see a barrel. And barrels are you know, used all sorts of in the game. So Donkey can throw barrels, he can bash them open, they can be save points. And then the one that I'm talking about now is a DK barrel. And so what that does is if you're just Donkey, you don't have uh, Diddy with you, and you hit the barrel, um, it will actually crack open and Diddy comes out of it. And you can actually hear him in there. He like goes boom, 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 hey, help, help, kind of thing. He doesn't say help, but he, he, he bangs on the side of it and makes some noise, hit it, Diddy comes out, and then Diddy follows behind you. So this is where the game gets, it's kind of like, uh, it's like a two-hit system, like lives, let's call it, like or energy, health, something like that. So you're playing Donkey, you're running along, and you get hit by uh, one of the bad characters, and then what happens is um, Donkey kind of jumps and flies away, and now all of a sudden you're taking control of Diddy. Now you're Diddy, you go on, if you get hit again, then Diddy goes off, and now you've lost a life, you kind of have to go back to the beginning of the level or at the save point depends on if you hit that or not so um yeah i mean if you fall down a hole uh, or into like a lava or something like that uh, you just it's just a life gone like it doesn't matter if you have both diddy and donkey it's just that's how it is so when you're controlling donkey and you have diddy uh, i believe it's the select button on the controller when you do that he kind of puts his hands behind him and diddy kind of tags in kind of like wrestling right so he puts his hand behind Diddy's like, bam, yeah, let's go. And then the characters flip. So now Diddy's at the front and Donkey's trailing. And whoever's at the front is the only character you control. Um, they control similar but also quite different. They have their own characteristics. So for an example, when you're playing as Donkey, he's big, he's strong, he's a little slow uh, at going. Um, but he can take out all enemies. He's real strong. Um, they both can roll. Uh, Donkey will do kind of a... A tumble and Diddy actually does a cartwheel. It's kind of funny, but anyway, yeah. So Donkey will roll. Uh, he can jump. I feel like their jump is probably the same, but personally, I always like Diddy. He's more agile. He's quicker. I feel like his jump is better, but it probably isn't. It's probably just the same. Um, but the downside is, of course, that he is a little bit weaker. So some enemies he actually might not be able to kill at all. Uh, some he might have to roll into versus jump on. Uh, which, yes, you can jump on enemies like in Mario, or you can roll into them with that roll or cartwheel uh, to take them out as well. Um, and again, you can swap back and forth kind of as much as you want. You can't do it like in the middle of something, like in the middle of a roll, or if you're in a jump. But if you're just standing there, yeah, you can swap out. Uh, Donkey as well, he can um, kind of pound on the ground with his hands, and you can reveal secret items, you know, maybe an extra life, some bananas, something like that. Um, bananas are similar to... Uh, coins in Mario, you get a hundred bananas, you get an extra life. That's all it is. It just counts up and up and up sort of thing. Um, yeah, so obviously those are your two playable characters. Um, and then one thing I want to quickly catch on or talk about before we go into the supporting characters is um, you can kind of play the game in three ways. So single player, of course, is very straightforward. Your single player, you control both, like, you know, as not simultaneously, but one after another. Um, you can play as a two-player team, 
And what that one does is that, uh, like, player one controls Donkey, player two controls Diddy, it's still not at the same time, so you're not running around on the same screen like, you know, Battletoads or Turtles or something like that, one of those uh, beat-em-ups. But what happens is, let's say I'm playing Donkey, my wife's playing Diddy, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing, and then I get hit, and then she's playing now. She's playing as Diddy. Or, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm like, you know what, I want her to play, let's do the old, you know, backhand slap get her in and then she can play while I go get a drink or I just sit there or whatever it may be so that's the two-player team then the opposite is two-player contest so this one is really interesting I've never actually played it but pretty much what it is is that you have two separate um kind of almost like two separate games going on at the same time sort of so what happens is you have player one controlling red donkey and uh, red diddy and then I think player two controls yellow or purple I looked it up, but I can't remember what it was, but they're controlling another one. And I think what happens is, let's say player one continues on, continues on, and let's say on the fifth level, they die. It then flips over to player two. It's similar to Super Mario World in that it flips over to the other player when the first player dies. They now go, they go on, they go on, they die, goes back to the other one. So it's just that kind of uh, back and forth um, multiplayer. And I don't know, it may be a timing thing, or just maybe whoever gets to the end of the game first is uh, who wins i'm not 100 percent sure but yeah if you want to have a little bit of you know competitive nature between you and someone else that's definitely one way to do it um the one quick thing the two-player team i think is a really cool feature for um a kid because what can happen is i can play as donkey my son can play as diddy he's playing along he's getting to a hard part he says you know dad can you take over instead of handing me the controller he just hits select and i just continue playing and it's almost like even though I'm the one that's now in control fully, um, it's it's nice because he hasn't almost given up control because he's still holding onto the controller. I don't know, maybe that's a mental thing in my head. I think that would be cool, but um, yeah, I mean, I would love to hear people's opinions on that one. I think that, but I think that would be a really cool play uh, or way to play with someone um, who could use support but doesn't necessarily want to, you know, hand over support if that makes sense. Um, as I said, the, uh, there are some supporting characters. As I said, Donkey and Diddy are the ones that you can actually play. But you got three other Kongs, and they're all the same family, right? So you got three other Kongs that are involved. So there's Candy Kong. Um, she is your save points. So in each level, um, several, uh, or sorry, each world, I should say, several levels into the world, you can meet up with Candy Kong. And she's just your save point. Um, you can go back to her at some point if you want to, uh, to save. Like, let's say if you get to the boss... You want to go back, save, just, you know, in case. Because if you go after the save point, you go through, let's say, three or four more levels, you get to the boss and you die, you have to do those three or four levels again. But if you get right up to the boss, go back, save, and then you can do the boss. I I wouldn't say the bosses are super challenging. Um, they're very, very pattern-based. So... I mean, it's not a pro, It's not a bad idea to save. Let's put it that way, right? So, um, so that's Candy. Cranky Kong. Now, Cranky Kong is really cool he is the original donkey kong from the arcade he's grown up he's lost some weight because he's a pretty skinny old man now and he's old he's cranky he's got a cane he's got long gray beard he's got glasses and he sits in front of his cabin in a rocking chair and so you go up to him and i mean there's no voice acting of course in this but you go up to him and he starts telling you advice right because he's an old guy he's like you know he's got wisdom so it's really good idea to listen to his advice he goes up there and he's like rocking back and forth then he like every now and then bonks donkey and diddy on the head with his cane he's like oh you know back in my day blah blah blah. it is got some really funny lines as well um so even though there's no real i mean if it's your first time playing him please go and talk to cranky because you'll one have a great time listening to what he says but also i think it would also help you in some way and you're not having to resort to looking things up on a wiki i like that wikis exist but i love it when a game is kind of a self-contained game it kind of gives you all the information you need without having to just look it up so yeah that's i think a, a really fun addition to the game uh and then the last kong that's uh that supporting character is funky kong uh, and he is a cool dude. He's got a surfboard. He, you can use him to fly to the other worlds. So once you unlock him in the first world, you can't really go anywhere because you only have the one world. Because you have to beat the boss to get to the next worlds, so on and so forth. So let's say you beat boss three, 
right? You're now in World 4, and you get to where Funky is, but you're like, man, I have no lives. I'm going to go back to some earlier levels that are easier, you know, maybe get bananas, maybe find those extra lives that you know are in certain places, and you can play through those levels again and again and again, and then get back in the plane, go back to World 4, and continue on. So, yeah, I mean, it's nice... I think mainly to do that, or if you want to just practice other levels, you could do that too. But uh, definitely using them to grind up levels, or sorry, yeah, grind up lives, sorry, not levels, uh, is a good idea. So, Other than those uh, supporting characters, we have what's called the good guys. And um, it's funny because um, there's the good guys and then the bad guys, which are all your enemies. I'm not going to go through all the enemies, obviously there's way too many. Uh, but the good guys are um, kind of supporting, uh, almost like power-ups let's call it right because they don't have like the mushroom and fire flower like you do on mario uh but these guys help you do things get a little bit more powerful um so we have rambi who is the rhino um you jump on him you go faster he can bash through walls to get into secret areas um he's really nice in that he can actually just run through most enemies and he just kind of hits them out of the sky or out of, off the platform with his horn um I, I don't think uh, in any of the levels... I mean, they're not in all the levels. They're only in certain ones. I don't think in any of the levels that he's in, he can't defeat an enemy. I don't think so. But I could be remembering that wrong. Uh, next, we have On Guard, who's a swordfish. So that's only in the water levels. H hopefully, hopefully, that's obvious. Um, the swimming in these games is... It's okay. The... Um, Obviously, swimming in games is never a fun time. This one is not bad. On guard makes it so much easier because you just move up, down, left, right. Um, it just works. I mean, there's a little bit of kind of like a, not lag, but like, you know, inertia, you know, as you're in water. Um, and then he can, you can press a button and he can kind of shoot forward. And he like charges and he's a swordfish. I'm pretty sure it's the swordfish. He looks like one. Um, so he has a big, long, pointy nose. That's his sword. Hits an enemy, takes him out. Um, so it makes them definitely easier. However, one thing that the um, the point on his sword, obviously it's a nose-slash-sword thing. It's very small because it's pointy. Um, it Sometimes you're a little bit too low or too high, and then you go, and then you just hit the enemy, and then you lose in guard. Um, and actually, that's something as well. With these, uh, the good guys, is that they kind of give you a third life or third uh, level of health. So if, let's say, you get hit when you're on in guard, you lose in guard, you might be able to get him back. He kind of floats around, so you can probably get him back, but you lose in guard, and then you hit with Donkey, and then you hit with Diddy, and then the life is gone. So it gives you a little bit of extra kind of protection. Uh, Winky is a frog. Um, not too sure why he's called Winky. I guess frogs blink in a weird way. Or they kind of blink, maybe. I don't know. So, um, he is, uh, to be honest with you, really annoying. <laughs> um, he doesn't walk. He hops along the ground. And so it makes it kind of um, erratic when you're walking around. Um, but he can jump really high. So there's some places in the game where a bonus level or an item is up high. Obviously, you'll need Winky to get up that. Um, and then you have Expresso. Which I'm not sure why it's an X instead of S espresso. Um, he's an ostrich. Then also I'm not sure why he's called espresso, but he I guess he runs very fast. He has little shoes like sneakers. Uh, kind of reminds me of Sonic. Um, Sonic sneakers there. Uh, so he can run really fast, and then he can also jump and kind of like, you know, he'll flap his wings a little bit. He can't fly, but he'll go down very slow. Um, so yeah, you can kind of take advantage of that if you have to make a long jump, which I don't remember. Again, I don't remember seeing him in more than a couple levels, uh, but I don't think any of them were required. I think none of these are required to get through the level. Maybe to get to a bonus level or to get to an extra item, but none of them are required to finish that level, which is good, of course, in my opinion. Uh, then the last one is Squawks, and that is a parrot. It's only in one level, and all he does is hold a light for you. Um, so this is something that was... Um, I would think something with the Super Nintendo, the different modes and layers of the graphics, I think is really cool because what they do is they actually have the level completely dark. Uh, it's, not, it's not black. You can still just see, but it's very, very hard. Um, and then what they have is the direction you're facing, Squawks is facing that direction. And then he has a light, and it's kind of a cone of light in front of you, so you can see most of the screen. But then what happens is if you look the other way, Squawks will turn, but he'll turn kind of in the direction of your camera. 
And so he'll turn and the light will flash in your eyes just for a split second and then back and forth flash in your eyes. I always thought that was a really cool idea because, again, it gives you that um, illusion of depth that you are in this 3D world, but you just happen to be looking at it from that one plane of dimension. So when it does that, it goes flash, flash, flash. Uh, I think it's really cool. Again, only in one level. Um, There's other levels that utilize light in a similar way, um, but not exactly where, you know, Squawk's holding it kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, that one I thought was really neat. So that does it for our good guys. Uh, As I said, there are bad guys, which are just there, and your general enemies and such. Not going to get into that. There's way too many to get into. Um, But we will go into the worlds, and with the worlds, we're going to also talk a little bit about the bosses of each world. So the first world that you're in is Congo Jungle. That's pretty straightforward. It's a jungle area. Um, It's... I wouldn't say it's my favorite world, but it's probably my second favorite, to be honest with you. I just like it. It's because, like, I like a lot of uh, game, the beginnings of games, because it's when, uh, you know, maybe a story starts, or it's when you're just getting into it, you're figuring things out, and you're learning things, and you do it a lot, right? You play the beginning of the game more than any other game, I'm sure, or more than any other part of a game. So, again, I like the jungle aesthetic. The As I said earlier, the... Uh, the way the graphics are and the way the worlds are drawn, absolutely stunning. And that one is definitely one of those like, wow, I can't believe this is on this console kind of thing. Especially looking back now, like back then, of course, the graphics were amazing. But now you kind of look like, wow, I can't believe they got it out of that thing because it just looked that good. Um, So the boss of Congo Jungle is very naughty and naughty is spelled G-N-A-W-T-Y. And, oh, I was going to say, I don't know why, because I was thinking gnat. Uh, the reason it's naughty is it's gnawing. Like, because very naughty is it's a beaver. So he has big, two big teeth, so he's gnawing on things. There we go. Look at that. I figured it out. Um, honestly, an incredibly easy boss. He just hops around the stage, and you jump on him three times, and he's done. Like, it is super easy. So, uh, as well as, I think... I don't know if all of them, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all of the bosses, when you go in, first thing you do is you hit a DK barrel or you have a DK barrel there. Uh, And that's great because if you go in just with Donkey or Diddy, now you have your extra hit kind of thing. Uh, And you can choose which character you want to play with. So, All right, our next level is Monkey Mines. I'm just trying to think. Oh, yeah, Mines. Oh, Minecraft. Uh, This is actually probably one of my Minecart, Minecraft, sorry, Minecart levels. Uh, The Monkey Mines, yeah, as it says, is in... It's in a mining area. So there's all sorts of levels. Um, There's probably the best and probably the most known kind of levels in the Donkey Kong Country series, uh, the minecart level. Um, So that one's super cool. You come in and you jump in a little Minecraft. uh, Minecart. Why am I saying Minecraft? I haven't played that in years. Uh, Some minecart. And you jump in, and it's kind of it's kind of like an auto scroller. It goes along. You can jump with the carts, like the cart jumps, uh, and you go along. They're quick, like they're zooming, and you have to avoid things that come out of nowhere. And you know they're cool. They're they're a fairly high skill level, um, but they're all very you know on on the nose of when things are happening. Um, but they're just they're just fun. And the music in there is cool too. So uh, yeah, the monkey mind says those levels, uh, Master Necky is the boss of this one. Now, we know why he's called Necky. It's because he's a giant bird, but you only see from his neck up. So he'll appear from one side of the screen, you jump on his little head, he goes away, and then he'll appear from one of the other sections. So you can kind of do like almost like four corners of the screen. He'll like sneak on in, you'll jump. If you don't hit him quick enough, he'll spit out like acorns at you. And so if it hits you, of course, you know, you take a hit sort of thing. Uh, But again, not too challenging. Uh, next level, or sorry, next world is Vine Valley. So this one's cool in that it is uh, kind of a jungle area again, but it's more of like a, um, you know what's funny? (laughs) I just thought of this. On Star Wars Return of the Jedi, with the Ewoks, that kind of jungle, where there's, you know, uh, tree houses and that kind of thing, and ropes and all that stuff, that's this one. And that, again, Vine Valley, a lot of the levels, there's ropes that swing from above, and they just go back and forth at a regular pace, kind of like a pendulum. And you just jump on it, it donkey diddy grab onto it, you jump off onto either the next one or to a platform or whatever it may be. So that's what a lot of those levels are. Uh, some good music in those levels too. 
Uh, again, we'll get into that music later. Uh, the boss on that one is Queen B. Um, I'm sure you can figure that out. The B is just the letter B, not the word B, but she is a big B. Um, fairly straightforward. You have a barrel. You hit her with a barrel. She gets mad, jumps up and down, jumps up and down. She can't be hit during this time. You avoid it. Rinse, repeat, you know, three times again, and she's all done. Now, <laughs> the next world is Gorilla Glacier. This is where I get frustrated. Um, these levels, it, it's ironic because they're very good, but they're terrible. <laughs> I say they're very good, but terrible. They, they are very good levels, but they're very challenging. Um, so... The reason that they can get challenging is it's when they get snowy. So as you can tell, Gorilla Glacier, some of the levels are just on top of like a mountain kind of thing. So it's it's snowy ground. Yes, it's an icy movement area. That's not the hard part of these. Um, is that in the game, I didn't mention this earlier, I just realized it. In the game, there's barrels that you can jump into. So you can jump into it and then you can press a button and it shoots them out. Um some of them are like that. Some of them are automatic ones. It goes bang, bang, bang kind of thing as it jumps into a few. Uh, other ones, there's a timer on them. Other ones, they rotate and you have to hit it at the right time. It's a pretty big mechanic, actually. I should have mentioned it. Um, so there's a few different, uh, quite a few different barrels that you can use. So there's one level in this one in particular. And I literally, the only way I've ever been successful is by standing close to the TV. And the reason is, is as you get to a specific part in the level, it starts to snow. And the snow is, uh, again, like you remember, as I said, with squawks, it gives you that feeling of depth. This does an even better job of that. So let's say that, for an example, I'm looking, I'm just putting my arms out. That arms reach, that's where Donkey and Diddy are on their platforms. Of course, there's, you know, stuff in the background. There's artwork in the background, the backdrop of the level, that's something. And then there's stuff in the foreground a little bit of, you know, some, you know, maybe not an arm's length, but an arm's length minus, you know, six inches, so a little bit further in front of them. And then the snow in this level seems to be at maybe six inches from my face. It is just in there, and it's all over, and it's like, it seems like static. It's really hard to see, so I walk up to try and just focus through it onto Donkey and Diddy. Um, so there's that aspect of it. It's hard to see through it, but then they throw in a huge amount of barrels shoot between one versus the other to see other a lot going through and they rotate and to catch where they rotate and to shoot in the right direction it just adds an extra layer of difficulty and it's as i said it's probably my most i don't want to say rage quitting but yeah let's call it rage quitting uh section of the game it's just it's frustrating to play through but they're good levels so it's like just because I can't do it doesn't mean it's not a good level kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that's that one. There's also, um, uh, like, frozen caves. So you'll be inside a cave, and it'll be icy. And, of course, there's different uh, enemies in there and all that fun stuff. So those ones are pretty cool, too. Those ones are really pretty levels, very pretty levels. Uh, the boss of that world is really naughty. So this is kind of where... Um, yeah, kind of lame, in my opinion, of the game. The bosses do a bit of a, a sprite swap and a rinse repeat. Now, really not a, naughty, which in this one versus very naughty in the first world, yes, they're technically different patterns, um, but barely. Uh, they're not really that different. Again, I'm not a huge fan of the reskin of uh, bosses, but here we are. Uh, next world we have is Creme Croc Industries, Inc., this one is a really cool one because there's some of my favorite levels in this one in the industrial levels kind of thing. Uh, there's some where you're on a platform that kind of has fuel and there's like a, uh, I think it's like five or six lights. There's, let's say, I think it's six. So there's five green and then one red. And the uh, what happens is as you're on the platform, it moves, it floats along and the fuel goes down and you have to jump and collect fuel and it fills it back up. But if you miss one of the fuels, well, you're probably going to run out and then the platform just disappears and you of course die. There's no ground on this level except for, I think the very beginning and very end. Um, but yeah, it definitely, uh, <laughs> it's definitely tricky, but also a really, really fun challenge. Um, and I think there's other ones I'm just trying to figure out how to describe them. It's kind of a, um, you're, you're going along and there's big oil drums and oil containers. It feels like you're inside a factory kind of thing. Uh, those ones, I don't know. They just, um, I like the level design of them. 
uh, not just how it looks, but just how it works kind of thing. So uh, this one is actually, um, again, not a difficult boss, but a cool boss. It's Dumb Drum. And what it is is a giant oil drum that comes and tries to squish you. And as it's trying to do that, you, I think, you know, from my memory, I don't even recall that you have to actually hit the boss. What he does is he comes down and just slams on the ground a few times and you avoid him. And then he kind of goes back up and he turns around like a salt shaker and he shakes out enemies. You know, like, you know, a couple snakes, a couple uh, Kremlings, you know, things like that. And I think you just have to defeat all the enemies. I actually can't remember. It's been a while. So, um, yeah, so obviously you can finish off that guy. Uh, we're almost done. We're on the kind of second to last world. So this is Chimp Caverns. Um, so I mean, that one is um, pretty straightforward on what it's going to be. Uh, caves and stuff. Um, I'm actually trying to remember of a level in there, but I am drawing a blank on that one. But the, yeah, I, obviously it wasn't that memorable of an area. Um, even though this is the last world technically, um, it, I, it does not, rem I don't think it's that challenging. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, boss on this one is Master Neki Sr. Um, again, almost identical to Master Neki. It's just a different color. So, yeah, that's that. Jump on his head and you're done with it. Now, technically, the last world is Gangplank Galleon. However, there's only one level in Gangplank Galleon, and it's the final level. So, uh, you're finally through everything. Oh, just one more thing. Every time you beat a boss, the you beat it, and then in the background there's always bananas, but a giant banana comes down. And as Donkey Kong gets real happy and excited, saying, hey, one of my big bananas is back, so on and so forth. So that's kind of the whole thing is that, yes, King K. Rool steals his horde, but he also kind of distributes it to his, you know, uh, generals in his little Kremlin army or something like that. Um, not 100% sure, but I guess, hey, don't keep your eggs in one basket. But, I mean, it doesn't matter when you've got Donkey and Diddy on the case, right? So, yeah, Gangplank Galleon, um, King K. Rool, final boss, really cool boss fight. Uh, I think it's three phases. Uh, yeah, three phases, I think. And really, it, it's a good one. I mean, again, I like everything else in the game. Heavily pattern-based um, and just fun, though. Uh, and the music is uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, I know that's my favorite word, absolutely. But it really is. It's um, a really cool build-up to it. Um, and it is one of the ones that I have that we'll talk about later. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, as I said earlier, the uh, best levels that I like to the minecart levels, the industrial levels, <laughs> the worst levels, but still great. Those snowy levels with the barrels and the blizzard. And oof, man, they are tough. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to talk about those ones anymore. Yeah, I'm done with those ones. And we're going to now talk about the music. Uh, the, we'll preface this with the uh, fact that, fact, not my opinion, I... Nah, might be my opinion. Uh, it's probably one of the best soundtracks on the Super Nintendo, um, if not in general, uh, for video games. Um, it's absolutely amazing, to be honest with you. Um, composer is David Wise. He did, uh, I believe, Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, and 3. And I think he's done the more recent ones as well. Uh, was it Tropical Freeze and Returns and whatnot? Um, but either way, yeah, he um, just hits it out of the park with so many tracks on this uh, soundtrack. And uh, as I said, as always, you know, we're going to go over a couple of the uh, favorites. Uh, so the first one I have on my list is um, Fear Factory. Uh, it's a really, especially with the level that it's in, it's a great time kind of to just enjoy it and get into it. And it's, you know, industrial and um, really matches the level. It's almost like he built it for the level specifically, which I'm sure he did in some way. Uh, on our next option, or sorry, our next uh, choice is Aquatic Ambience. Uh, this one is probably one of the most favorite of this game that I've seen uh, across the internet. Um, really, really uh, peaceful. Um, the water level, obviously aquatic. Uh, just underwater and just very, uh, you know, relaxing and just nice. It's a great song to do work to, to study to, uh, something like that. So we have uh, Life in the Mines next. Um, this one is a really slow, just relaxing, calm song, similar to Aquatic Homies in that sense. Uh, and it, it, the song itself is pretty good, but it's really tied into one of my favorite levels, which is where it's those platforms that run out of the fuel that I mentioned. Um, it just is like a nice, relaxing background sound kind of thing. 
Um, so as I said, not the best song, but the way it's tied into the levels works super well, uh, which obviously I can't convey on the podcast, but trust me, if you play it and you get to these levels, you'll kind of pick up on what I'm saying, ideally. Finally, we're going to have Gangplank Galleon. Now, I did mention this earlier, Gangplank Galleon is pretty much the boss music, and it is really, really cool. It has a great intro, and then it gets into it with like a gritty, like, uh, kind of like, you know, upbeat EDM rock kind of thing. Like, it just goes on and on and on, and it's like, it's a really good boss theme as well, because it starts off fun, but it really gets the energy going, especially for that boss fight. It's uh, not the easiest boss fight. It's, uh, it's you know, as I said, several phases, and there's a lot of stuff to it. So, yeah, those four songs, absolutely fantastic. Um, and then the OC remix uh, that I uh, did a little looking for and found um, is based off Fear Factory. It's called Factory of Fear. So, yeah, this one here is, like, super punchy, high energy, like, really just, like, aggressively good kind of thing um so yeah those are the song picks that i've chosen for this as i said like david wise is an absolute uh amazing artist and composer and the songs just really bring out the game and i think it probably took the game from you know let's say whatever score it may be and it just made it 20 percent better kind of thing just based on the music alone so yeah really really great music and again one of those ones it's probably one of the most remixed uh uh, set of uh, songs I don't see remix again so yeah really great set of tracks alrighty so time commitment um so it has been a while since I played I realized uh I can't actually remember maybe I think I picked it up on the switch it is on switch and Nintendo switch online I think I picked it up on switch uh, not that long ago actually um and uh it was uh I mean, I was just putzing around. It was one of those times where I'm like, I don't know what game to play, so I got a couple levels in and change it up, and it's nothing against this game per se, but it's just, yeah, it's been a while since I actually played through it. I would say it's probably two and a half, maybe three hours for me to get through it. Um, I mean, I've played through it quite a few times, um, so I know, I, I mean, I don't think I've ever, you know, completely done that completionist kind of run uh, of it, but I've definitely gotten through a good chunk of it, you know. Um, the game is actually measured in a percentage and weirdly enough to get a hundred percent it's actually a hundred and one percent and you know what i looked around on the internet and i could not figure out why it's a hundred and one percent maybe there's a hundred and one rooms because that's what the percentage or sorry the sort of 101 percent is that you need to hit all the stages and then all the bonus rooms um so maybe that's what it is maybe there's 101 you know stages plus bonus rooms whatever maybe it just equals that i don't know though as i said i looked around i couldn't seem to figure it out i found a lot of guides on how to figure it out or how to do it but not necessarily uh, the kind of story behind it um the replayability is uh, it's okay um because again it's just a it's like super mario world replayability is like you know if you want to improve your time or improve whatever it may be um and there is a timer on the save file as well so that is the thing about it is that you don't even need a classic you know or not a classic i guess other way around uh, a new fancy you know stopwatch with uh, your live splits and all that stuff that a lot of the speedrunners use to you know track your time you can just do it on the menu if it's whatever then you try again and hopefully you get quicker right improve on your time kind of thing um, so with that, uh, how long to beat, um, as always, I'll have the links of these things in the, in the uh, description. So the main story, story, I guess from, you know, A to P from when you first see the bananas missing to when you get the bananas back, um, looks like about four hours. So honestly, not that bad, really. Uh, something that you can pick up and play in an afternoon while baby's napping or, you know, over the weekend kind of thing. It's really not a huge amount of commitment. Uh, then on the completionist at 101%. We're looking at about six hours so again not too much more actually to get that 101 percent and uh I, i'm sure the first time you go to do it if you don't use a guide it's going to be probably closer to 10 because you're like where is that last room i can't find it kind of thing um so yeah again not too crazy to pick it up and uh kind of go along with it um the speed run so this was crazy so i went into this and i'm taking a look i'm like oh there's you know six seven categories that's pretty obvious and then i see there's an arrow and it actually is, a, uh, there's 15 categories. <laughs> and then there also is um, modern and legacy rules. Like, it is pretty wild how many things there are. 
Um, we're clearly not going to go through all those, otherwise this whole podcast would be just about the speedruns. Um, so the ones that I did kind of take a quick look at, um, there's any percent, all stages, and 101%. Uh, any percent is pretty obvious. Get through the game as quick as possible with any percentage. The all stages is hitting those all the main stages of the game, um, and then 101 percent again is the bonuses. Uh, so this part's actually part really easy. Uh, it's the same person, Lovebird920, has the world record number one for all of them. Uh, any percent is seven minutes twenty eight seconds, which is insane because, as we just said, you know the main story. I guess that's all stages. All stages is thirty minutes forty nine seconds, which is still crazy. Um, and then the one hundred and one percent is forty four minutes forty eight seconds. Um, but yeah, if, again, I always find it pretty cool that people who do the speed runs, you know, the hundred percent, hundred one percent that most people do, about six hours on average. Lovebird920 has done it in 44 minutes, 48 seconds. Uh, so, yeah, pretty crazy. Definitely uh, take a look at those because, I mean, just whenever there's a 2D platformer and a speedrun on it, the amount of skill and reflexes, I, I seem to be able to track it much easier and not necessarily replicate it, but kind of understand what's going on. Um, something like a third-person game, like a shooter. Oh, man, when you see, like, Doom or Quake speedruns, it's, it's almost nauseating how fast it is. <laughs> but um yeah the uh again 2d ones i just like more <clears throat> excuse me um so the one last thing i want to touch on just in the, this right now is um something called sgdq if you haven't heard of it summer games done quick uh it's a charity event that happens in the summer and there's actually another one called awesome games done quick in the winter time um so once or twice a year and they are probably the biggest i'm almost certain they're the biggest speed running community um uh, and event um, around the world, or at least in North America. Um, so they raise some great money, uh, millions of dollars. They do a week-long schedule um, that actually just dropped the other day. So if you want to check that out, yeah, give them a, a little Google. If I think it's gamesdonequick.com. You can hit that up and see that. And they run 24-7. Um, and pre-COVID, they actually ran um, as an in-person event. Um, so for instance, this one is in-person. It's in Minnesota. I th- don't know we i was looking with uh, a buddy and i we couldn't tell if it was going to be um uh, just in person or kind of like a hybrid uh because when covid hit of course you know you couldn't have massive crowds of people around it wasn't allowed and so they all did pretty much everything from home and so what would happen is you'd see one streamer like i am right now i'm sitting in my room i'd have my camera on stream 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 you'd have other people commentating on it and then they'd move to the next person in their house. And it's just, there was no audience. And that won't, that's what makes it so fun and energetic is the audience's sort of reaction when they hit a million dollars, two million, three million dollars. It's amazing the energy that the crowd has, especially when you're there at that three million. That's when they've been probably going for the whole week. And some of these people have been up for more than 24 hours because they don't want to miss any of the games. Uh, so I've... Personally, I've always wanted to go. Um, maybe one day I'll find the uh, availability and you know of time and funds to be actually uh, make it down there. But I think it'd be fantastic. But again, I don't know if it's hybrid. But I, if you haven't heard of it or checked it out, I definitely recommend it. It's happening later on in the summertime. I think either May or June. Uh, but yeah, definitely check that out. It's a lot of fun to watch, and there's tons of games. So I guarantee there's at least one game that'll tickle your fancy and uh, get you interested in it. Alrighty, now we're going on to the kittable section, patent pending. The uh, <laughs> the biggest thing that makes this kittable, in my opinion, it's the classic 2D side-scroller. You know, like, again, you don't have the third dimension to deal with, you know, a single joystick or even two joysticks. A lot of times, people have a hard time with that. Um, but, yeah, this one here, again, up, down, left, right, classic, you know, simple, easy. Um, it is, it's a challenge, for sure. Um, but... Uh, and I, I like to use this a lot as well. A lot of these older games that were were and still are challenging, especially when you're playing them on modern consoles. So as I said earlier, I was playing this on Nintendo Switch Online. I mean, you get the save states built in with Nintendo Switch Online. So, I mean, again, you get to a tricky section that's, you know, hard to figure out. You can save before it, so you can just get practice and get practice and get practice. And then when you finally get past it, you can save after if you want to. Um, I've given myself the challenge of... I, I still have a hard time with this game. Like, I can still die and have to go back to my save point so i've given myself a kind of a in the middle and again you do you do save states however you want but my kind of uh, method 
per se, is that if I wanted to see use a save state, I would have to beat the level. So I finished level and then I could save state after that. Um, but you know, it's funny with save states in general, I, um, I forget about them sometimes. And so I'll save state and then I'll regular save and then I'll screw something up and then I'll lose an hour in a game. Maybe not this game, maybe more like an RPG, but yeah, so I generally try not to use save states anymore because, well, it kind of screws me up. But if I have a hard part, and especially a game like this, I'm only putting in, let's say, that three hours. Um, I'm, even if I lose half an hour, I'm really not that concerned kind of thing. Um, so the, as I said, yeah, it's, 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 it's a decent challenge and it does get much more challenging as time goes on. But again, like, as I've said before, um, if, if someone wants to play this and get good at it and continue playing it, then they can just keep practicing, you know, practice makes perfect. So I would say that, yes, it may be a challenge, but also you'll be able to pick it up and, you know, it's a simple jump run kind of thing. So you, you can figure out the controls fairly quick. Um, but yeah, get it on Nintendo Switch Online just so then you have that, you know, quality of life per se. Plus then you can play it handheld. That's great. Playing it off the, you know, on the couch while someone else is watching TV is always a fun time, I think. So, uh, on a kiddable sec uh, factor, let's call it, I'd say it's fairly kiddable sort of thing. So, yeah. And that leads us to our conclusion. Um, of course, here is where we're going to get that, you know, great rating. I already told you as a spoiler, it was going to be great. Um, so I give this game personally a nine out of 10. Um, as I had mentioned with the music, it bumps it up. Um, it's, it's hard to not give it a 10 cause I can't really think of too much wrong with it. Um, maybe it loses points because of the snow levels. I'm just saying those snow levels are just a bit annoying, but it's okay. There's only a few of them. I said I wasn't going to talk about it anymore. We're not going to talk about it. So, yeah, a 9 out of 10. It's, it's an amazing game. If you have the opportunity to play it, it's on Nintendo Switch Online. So if you already have that, there you go. And it's not even part of the expansion pack, uh, that more expensive version, which, I mean, let's be honest, Nintendo Switch Online is dirt cheap compared to other services for what you get out of it. You get a... If you're only looking for the older games, I have no clue about the online experience because, yeah, I don't play it. But nonetheless, um, yeah, 9 out of 10. Um, I would say objectively, Donkey Kong Country 2 is the better game. Uh, but for me, this is the better game. Uh, just, again, it's my first experience of Donkey Kong. The first time I played a Donkey Kong Country game, of course, is this. I did play Donkey Kong Country 2. I beat it. I really like that game. The music in that game is fantastic. But this one, I would just inch just a tiny bit higher. Like if I were to do DKC2, which I'm sure I will one day, it would probably be a very, very similar score. We're very close to this. So stay tuned for that one in the future some point. And that's going to do it for us today. Um, I, I really appreciate everyone, as always, uh, listening in. Um, wherever you're listening from, I do appreciate it. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, we're going to, as per the schedule... Uh, be back in two weeks. Um, no clue what game I'm going to choose. That's pretty normal. I have no clue until I'm like, oh, I should probably do one of the. Oh, it's the weekend. I should do this. So, yeah, get those. Uh, and as is tradition, our dad joke is if a child refuses to sleep during that time, are they guilty of resisting arrest? I'll let you decide. Thank you very much again for listening. Give your kids a hug. Give your loved ones a hug. Give your stuffed animals a hug. Hugs are great. Never be short of hugs. Thank you very much and good night.